Hello, and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjasset, and with me is Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings, indeed. Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists, and we have a lot of fun stuff to talk to you about this week, so let's get to it. What do you think, Ben? Sounds good to me. Look, the reason I brought you onto this podcast today is to talk to you about one thing and one thing only, Aquaman. We both know that there's an Aquaman movie coming, and uh, there needs to be some good product placement in this movie, don't you think? I think so, you know, because I think Aquaman is an under-explored uh, franchise in the comic book world, and I think that many people are not familiar with what Aquaman brings to the table. Yep. Other than, like, <laughs> kind of like a moist, glammy kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And starfish and tridents. He's got lots of that stuff. Um, do you know what Aquaman brings to the table beyond those two things? I do not. He brings a lot of purchasing power for consumers. That's what it is. He is going to be seen in some wicked cars that people are going to want to buy after they see Aquaman in this. I'm tell, I tell you what. So what you're saying is this is kind of like an opportunity like Nissan had with the Nissan Rogue, Rogue One, Rogue, 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 Rogue One Star, Star Wars tie-in. Yeah. Absolutely, Except, 100%. So what do you think would be the most – like if you were – if you were a marketing executive, what do you think would be the most effective automotive tie-in for Aquaman? Uh, the Corvette Stingray, most 100%. <laughs> okay, so if you... It, <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think... I laughing think, at the amount of money that uh, Chevrolet would be raking in with that? <laughs> with the Aquaman Stingray edition? That would be awesome. And I think they should make a special edition Stingray just for the Aquaman movie. And I think that it should have an actual Stingray on the hood ornament. Because there's no yeah. hood ornament on the, on the Corvette, right? It's just it's, – it's, it's, for error reasons, it's flat. But for cool reasons, they should have like a chrome Stingray or an actual like uh, – what's the word? Taxidermied Stingray that's mm -hmm. attached and shellacked to the front of it. Or – and this is the – I'm not saying you can't do both. But you should also give it a Stingray tail. Oh, yeah. Like but, off the uh, hatch. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. And if you um, touch it, it shocks you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's real performance right and there. And it shoots fire while you're when you when you rev the engine. There's a sting <laughs> there's a button on the dash in the shape of a stingray, and as long as you're holding that button down and revving the engine, fire just shoots out of the stingray's tail. I know that's not anatomically correct, but I think it would sell a lot of Corvettes. Well, I mean, it's superhero. It, it could be true in a superhero uh, environment. What other cars? You know, there's a lot of cars out there that do have like a slippery fish look to them. Well, do you ever think, I think the new Toyota 86 has this like catfish look to it with that weird like open mouth. It almost looks like, it looks like a, it also looks like an old person without their dentures in, but I think it looks like a catfish at the same time. Well, Both of those things are the same. And Nissan could, <laughs> Nissan could bring back the 370Z with the catfish teeth that it had. Remember when yeah, it had those? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the same, and, the same thing. Aquaman edition for that, too. Oh, I want to mention one more thing about the Corvette Stingray Aquaman edition. It also it makes a 841 horsepower. <laughs> yes, to, to take on the demon, which, which has been now commissioned to go into the next uh, Ghost Rider movie. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, why wouldn't it? I mean, if I was if I was any sort of movie movie executive and movie mogul, I would be talking to Dodge, get them to cancel that ridiculous deal with Fast the Fast and the Furious, and get something that has to do with demons. So either Hellboy, or uh, Ghost Rider, or Constantine, or, or Exorcist. <laughs> the Exorcist? Yeah. Can you imagine the priest shows up in a in a Dodge demon, and he's just like, "Yo, let's yeah. get some demons out of these people." He's like, "This is a demon that I tamed." At the dealership about 
two months ago and it's still under warranty, but everything's really cool and there's an inverted cross on the dash. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Movie tie-ins are the most important part of anything to do with auto, with automobiles. And I think that I think that another good movie tie is I I got two other ideas. One of them is Hyundai needs to bring back the Tiburon. Uh, okay. Because in in Spanish, El Tiburon is a shark and oh, it's good. really one of the few fish fish names we've got left in the business other than Stingray, which we've already explored the comedic potential of. But uh, another another vehicle that could be brought back for Aquaman exclusively as a, as a tie-in would be the Chevy Avalanche. Go on, <laughs> because the Avalanche you could put you could fill the bed with with like a hot tub, and then you can re, you can drop the oh. mid gate between the passenger compartment and the hot tub, and you can just right. like swim in and out, and it would be really it would be sweet. It would be like what I imagine Aquaman's house is like. <laughs> Yes, just a bunch of a bunch of wade pools, like inflatable pools going yeah. to, to one and room like, to another. When one pool gets dirty, you just move it to the other pool. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I understand that. That's totally cool. Um, the Avalanche, though, is there no other... No, what about the, the Ridgeline? Oh, I guess the Ridgeline doesn't have that kind doesn't of... doesn't have a mid-gate. No, mid-gate yeah. is key to this, because otherwise you're just, you know, it's you're either in the party or you're out, and you don't want to be out, Sammy. That's true. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking of the Infinity QX80, which looks and acts like a whale on the road, but it's also extremely luxurious on the inside. And you know, Aquaman is the king of Atlantis, and uh, he deserves to be driven around like a king. And that's what the interior of the QX80 would be like. So, so these are all these are all ideas that we have for what you know automakers should do to tie into Aquaman. But what do you think they're really going to do? What do you think is actually going to happen in that movie? Because it's what? it's it's a Justice League movie, right? There's a there's a yeah. Justice League movie, and then there's an I guess a standalone Aquaman movie after, which I find hilarious. But actually, um, I actually I forgot one more thing. Doesn't Maserati have a Trident logo? They do. Well, there you go. You nailed it. We we we're done here. The, in every car should be a Maserati. Uh, in this in this film, that's super realistic in my opinion. Well, I mean, FCA has a pretty strong history of, like you said, with Fast and Furious of getting you know knee deep or should I say mermaid tail deep in um, licensing merman. and sponsoring franchises. Merman. Well, he's not, he's not you, a merman, Sammy. He's <laughs> not a merman. He's What's an Atlantean. Like? Didn't you remind me of that earlier yeah. today? Like you were yeah. like, no, he's not a merman, Ben. Are, do you know anything at all about <laughs> Aquaman? I do recall you, this conversation, actually, you're right, now that you bring it up. Weren't you wearing um, an Aquaman t-shirt when you said that to me? Yeah, and I have Aquaman underwear as well. Um, you're right. FCA has a huge part in this because I believe in the last DC Comics um, Universe movie, which was Batman versus, versus Superman, um, Bruce Wayne was realistically depicted driving around in a Jeep Renegade and other... Um, in fact, there was a Dark Knight edition Renegade. Did he that buy that with there. pocket change that he found on his dresser like that morning? He woke up and he's like, oh, how am I going to get rid of this $34,000 in change? Maybe yeah. I'll just drop it off at the FCA dealership and buy see a Jeep. What, see what they can do. See if they can name something after that hero and that vigilante in, in Gotham City. And they did. And uh, I actually know somebody who passed up a Crosstrek to buy a Jeep Renegade Dark Knight edition. And the main reason they bought it was for that connection with the with with the dark knight yeah well then yeah how sad is that but at the same time now we can take a look at this trident logo on the maserati which is an a maserati is an fca product or lineup um 
you can take a look at that and you can put that in the Aquaman movie and it makes a ton of sense. And of course, Aquaman will be looking at that being like, oh, this makes a ton of sense for the king of Atlantis like myself. And you can nothing, walk in there. And... Nothing in my mind makes more sense than Aquaman driving a car. <laughs> well, I mean, what's he going to do when he's on the surface world? Hmm? How's he going to get around? I would. I in, thought in he Wonder just Woman's had a like, visible plane. Come on. I thought he just had a pod of dolphins that like took him everywhere he wanted to go. Actually, I've seen something along the lines of him having just a giant crab that carries him everywhere. That's pretty badass. I If I could ride on the back of a giant crab, my life would be very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can I can see that working out in his favor. What else? You know what? Um, what about the Toyota Tundra? Because I believe the Toyota Tundra has a base or Bass Pro Shops edition. <laughs> and uh, he'd probably hear all about this Bass thing and he'd be like oh i'm 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 down with that with the with the bass and, and then he discovered the horrible <laughs> truth <laughs> which is it's all about harvesting his friends yeah that's i guess that's exactly the scoop there uh and, and he in which have, case he would he, probably denounce toyota to the to the whole world and well he harvest. would probably unleash his watery rage on the bass pro shop franchise i would think I mean, what was he doing up till now about when it came to fishing? Did, he's been he just, pretty lax. Honestly. Has he been really ignorant of the whole the whole concern? I mean, if we have to rely on Sea Shepherd to uh, handle illegal whaling, where's Aquaman when when you know the Norwegians and the Japanese are doing their research whaling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. This is why we need Aquaman, and we and right now more than ever, an Aquaman movie is super relevant, and they I hope they they deliver this movie real soon. I can't think of a more relevant hero than Aquaman. <laughs> and what else is on your mind with this Aquaman tie-in? Um, I think that's all I got. I can't. I can't figure out what else. Of course, there's going to be a, a, a gratuitous scene of some peop of a of a ship full of sh like shipping containers, um, and, and and cars in those shipping containers just probably getting into an accident and, and tipping all of these things into the into the ocean. That'd be. I can imagine that being in the movie for sure. No, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think Aquaman troubles himself with the trifling act of saving a single human life or even a handful of human lives. I think he's. I think he's post-human. I don't. I don't think he really cares. But he cares about making some, some green, and that involves putting his name and face and his franchise on some cars. That's right. That's right. And hopefully he has good representation that will uh, allow him to maximize the, thirty seconds of fame that his undoubtedly terrible movie will give him. <laughs> I absolutely think movie tie-ins are one of my favorite worst parts of the of the automotive industry. Well, there are so many weird ones, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I've 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 done some research on this in the past, and there's some real head scratchers. I, I remember coming across the the Terminator three Toyota Tacoma. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, yeah, the T three. Yeah. So in that in that movie, for anyone who's not familiar with one of the lesser lights of the Terminator franchise, um. There's a Tacoma that's it's they're in a cemetery and a lot of bad stuff happens and they escape in this truck. I, I believe that's that's the sequence of events. But the truck's like a groundskeeper's truck and they get chased by a whole bunch of other trucks that are being controlled remotely by a bad guy or a bad girl, I should say. And um, the truck gets shot up to pieces. You mm -hmm. know, it's 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 basically a prop. But then Toyota, they came up with this. Um, this tie-in where it's this kind of like black on black on black truck that doesn't have anything to do with anything in the movie at all. And they didn't make very many of them. They were pretty rare from what I remember. Mm -hmm. it, got a, it got a dual exhaust and a Terminator badge on the billet grill. But um, That's it. That's it. And I've never seen one. I've never – I mean maybe I have. 
and it just thought there's a black Tacoma. But there's there's a lot of like you know uh, this is a you could just mine this indefinitely. Uh, Neiman Marcus made a, a 007 edition Z3. Do you remember that? No. What? They made they made 100 of them in 1996. What color were they? So they were all Atlanta blue. Okay. And they all sold out in presale. And well, how came... would I know? How would I know? Because a lot of Z3s came in in, in blue. No, that's a they? good point. That's a good point. Um, but did all of those other Z3s come with tickets to a Bros- Pierce Brosnan hosted dinner party? <laughs> because <laughs> no. that's what you got that's with the it. Neiman. The, well, you also got 007 logos and some extra chrome trim, and I think you got some special wheels. But really, you bought it because you get to meet. James Bond, and also it, it, sad trombone. They all came with that 1.9 liter four cylinder. Oh, well, I you know. know what's funny is I think that of all of the um, James Bond cars, I actually think the Z8 was like the coolest. Is that weird? Because if they there's a well, in addition to the DB that DB5, that's pretty hot too. But yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah, that Z8 is probably one of the coolest ones I've ever seen. I remember going to, to um, Pebble Beach in the, this year, this past year, and there was a huge collection of them. There was over like I don't know, 25, 30 of them, and uh, it was really cool to see them all. And all I kept thinking of them in in James Bond. I wonder if there was a special there. I guess there wasn't a special edition James Bond version of the Z8. Oh, you know, I, I just looked. Sorry to go back on the the the, uh, the 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 Terminator thing. It wasn't a Tacoma. It was a Tundra. Oh, even better. More, yeah, and more, even fewer cars for people to buy. And There's they made still brand new ones still in the lot somewhere. Well, here's the weird thing I found: they made 900, but only 650 were sold in the U.S. Where would the, <laughs> where did the other ones go? They must have <laughs> sold in Canada, I guess. I don't know, man. You, you know what's weird is 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 like there've been a lot of video game tie-ins. Oh, yeah. uh, on, I mean, Call, there's the those, Call of Duty Jeep. Yeah, the Black Ops Jeeps. There's uh, there's the, the there's um, what was it? Um, they made a Raptor, uh, a Halo Edition Raptor. Um, oh, that's it was, so sweet! I didn't was, know that. No, they only made one. It was built by Galpin. Okay. Um, and it was a prize in a contest that they had for Halo 4 Infinity Challenge, and they supercharged it. So it's <laughs> a pretty pretty badass truck, uh, but it was a one-off. And I think they made um. What was the other? Oh, the craziest video game one was that Grid 2 uh, uh, BAC Mono car. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I think I have. The BAC Mono. Yes, I have. It's like a, it's a, definitely a track edition. No one would buy this. No well, one would you, buy you this. Had to buy, you had to buy the special version of the video game for like 100 grand. And you got this 170 mile an hour single seat open cockpit race car. <laughs> <laughs> and they That's only sold one. They only sold one. Can you guess who bought it? No. Who? Dead Mouse. Of course. I yes. should have guessed. Yes. I'm so sorry I missed that on that. Damn. Now but, I know. Uh, That's good trivia. It, it is good. It, 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 there, there was also, uh, there's also uh, some, of the, some of those cars that uh, were, they, they crossed the line. They straddled the line between movie and video game. Um, they made a Tomb Raider Wrangler Rubicon, but they made oh. it in like 2003 for the sequel to the original <laughs> Tomb Raider movie, Cradle of Life. And they made Which, a thousand of them. I don't know if you've seen these movies. They were terrible movies. I saw the first one, and it was absolutely horrible. But that was the period of my life where I was downloading movies. And that was back when downloading movies was, like, you, you went for the smallest file size because, like, connections were slow, right? Right. And you ended up, you ended up at that in that area with ASF files which were this horrible Windows video encoding where everything was choppy on my computer and I couldn't really tell what was going on. But I think that was kind of a blessing with the Tomb Raider movie. 
Um, I absolutely, I think, I, I'm serious. I think they're missing out on a lot of opportunities here. What what other good movie or video game tie-ins would be great right now? I mean, I did a whole story actually by accident on Autoguide now that I'm plugging it, I'm plugging my stories. Um, other, other movie um, tie-ins that would be a hit. Based on based on how important Star Wars was to, um, to Nissan, I put a bunch of other ones in. I put the Mad Maxima, for example, um, which would be a Mad Max-inspired Maxima. And uh, I think your favorite was the uh, the Versa Notebook, which would be a notebook inspired <laughs> Versa Note. It would be so it would be so emotionally trying to drive that car. Is that what? the is that the movie where I can't remember? Is that the movie where the guy is traveling through time? No, that's that's the time traveler's wife, I think. But I think there's two of them though. Like one of them is where he can't stop traveling through time. Like there's some his family has some disease where they travel through time and fall in love. Like that's right. the two things. That's the symptoms of the disease. Can you imagine if you went into a doctor's office and he's like, um, "Are you sitting down? Because uh, your test results came back and you're going to spend your entire life traveling through time and following in love with women who are aging constantly at a rate different than you." And yeah, I, I think I, I that, can't that's imagine. the most. That's the most heartbreaking of diagnoses, I think. <laughs> yeah, can you? That is true. That is tough. That's a tough one. But there and your verse, be, but your verse and note were made under warranty the entire time. I, I honestly think that there should be a Benjamin Button uh, edition car. I mean, I think the Toyota Corolla just seems to be like no matter how old you get, the Corolla always seems to be the same age. It's like it almost like, seems like it's getting newer each time. And you always kind of feel like you paid a little too much for it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're like ah, it's you know like my buddy got an Elantra and it's yeah I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got it's got all these brand new features and stuff like that. My car's still got a five speed auto. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else would be a great uh, movie tie-in car? You know what know. isn't? We just I just saw this week they have the. You're gonna love this one. Are you sitting down for this one? This you're gonna love. This makes sense. I'm always sitting down when we podcast. I don't I, squat anymore. I'm actually usually standing on one leg. Um, it makes my balance excellent. <laughs> Ford and Marvel for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 are plugging the only good car that would make so much sense for their um, intergalactic franchise here. The Ford... The EcoSport. The EcoSport. And didn't you didn't you show me? Don't they have a comic book? <laughs> yes. Tie in. There is a comic book that you can get online. Uh, otherwise, you can get 500 of the... Uh, physical editions, and it's uh, it's really bad. It just it plugs <laughs> it plugs the car very, very much, like really inauthentically. It's almost it's such a commercial in comic book form. It's such an yeah. ad comic book. Remember form. remember all those scenes in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie where they were driving, and yeah. it, and it was they, integral to the plot. They come out. They pop out of my mind. Um, a lot. Just I can't. Play, play I play. can't not think about driving when I think about Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm surprised that there isn't even a. There should be a falafel joint as well. Um, is it falafel or shawarma that they plug at the end of the first Avengers movie? I, I think it was shawarma. shawarma. There yeah. should be a shawarma joint that also plugs uh, the Avengers. The Avengers there, shawarma. There, there probably is in China. Oh no. <laughs> There's probably by now a chain of Avengers themed falafel places that have no copyright link to the actual property. <laughs> You know, like how you can buy a constant knockoff. Like, there's some there's some cities in China that's that have neighborhoods that specialize in in knockoff goods. I'm not saying that the entire country does this, but I'm saying that there is a 
thriving gray market of intellectual property. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that gray market reach out and, and do some kind of fast food franchise <laughs> related to a, a Marvel film. There's other ones that in the past that have blown my mind. I know we're now just getting onto a massive tangent of, of these weird movie cars. Instead of all talking about the real man of the show, Aquaman, uh, who we called to get uh, to get as a guest host, but he just he was too busy. Um, something about something about I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, something had about to wash what... his hair or something. Yeah, I thought it was dismissive, but who knows? I mean, I don't live under the ocean. I don't know how often you have to condition. Yeah. Um, what about see? There's so many cars that I thought should have had one, like the Toyota Matrix should have had a Matrix um connection but instead the movie had a bunch of cadillacs in it if you remember that the cts it, had a, it did have a bunch of cadillacs yeah and it had that weird scene with those guys with the dreadlocks yeah and they were stabbing people in the cadillacs that always reminded me people. it reminded me of the decary expressway here in montreal it's every time i see that image <laughs> it's, it's what i think of not the stabbing but like the, the geographical the the scenery i guess you could say and then the move the latest jurassic park movie which is jurassic world did have a vid- uh, an automaker tie-in, but it should have been the t- the Ford Raptor, and it wasn't. Instead, it was Mercedes and the GLA, I believe, or the GLC. I can't I can't remember now. And a G class, a G six by six, a G class wagon six by six. Well, I mean, you want to get that six by six on the screen whenever you can, right? I because mean, people are de- definitely buying that thing. Well, I mean, someone's buying it. <laughs> One like there's such a few, there's such a small amount of these things that. Uh, a limited amount of these things that I don't understand why they had to plug that thing. Do you think it's more or less easy to drive than a Raptor in traffic? It's got to be worse. All right. We'll have to figure it out on one. On one. Speaking of driving in traffic, what are you in this week? Oh, I actually, you know, before we before we segue into what I'm oh, driving, okay. there's Let's one one thing I want to mention. You remember that in Terminator 2? You've seen Terminator 2, yes? Yeah. So you remember in, at the end of that movie, towards the end, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie, um, they're escaping from the Terminator in a in a Chevy S10 pickup, right? Right. And there's that scene where he's like, you got to go faster. And then Arnie looks at the speedometer and he goes, this is the maximum speed of this vehicle. And it's like pinned at 85 miles an hour. So my question is, why didn't we get a special S10 Terminator edition in the 90s when the vehicle that does essentially the same thing in the third Terminator movie, the next one, the Tundra, (laughs) it's also a getaway car that also doesn't survive. It gets its own special version. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe automakers just didn't see the appeal of... of, One of the most popular film franchises of all time. (laughs) Movie tie-ins from the 90s. In the era. It honestly, it seems like they really lost it. I mean, I can't figure it out. There should have been way more movie tie-ins back in the day that were more than just cereal boxes and and uh, and sneakers, I suppose. Well, there there were some. I mean, there was some there were some really good ones. I mean, the Ford Mustang Bullet, I think, is the the prototypical. This is how you do a movie tie-in, right? Like you have a you have a car that's iconic. You have the the modern version of that car. You give it the same color. You give it a little bit more performance. Not really. It's just mostly gearing and suspension when they first did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that was a cool vehicle. And and uh, they Ford kind of has a history of of doing that. They had also uh, in the seventies for like one year, one model year, you could buy a Starsky and Hutch edition Ford Torino, Ford Grand Torino, with like the 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 um, the striping and everything. Uh, they made a thousand of them, and they didn't really do anything to the performance. Like they did, they didn't jack up the back of it, or they didn't give you like special fender protectors <laughs> for like driving through boxes or whatever you ran into. <laughs> but apparently, there's only a hundred of those left. 
This like, is... less than 10%. And it's hard to tell which ones are real because so many people just built their own Starsky and Hutch right. Gran Torinos. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do if you have Gran Torino from 1976? It's, it's, you kind of have to do it. I mean, anyway. I, so that that's my digression. But, yeah, so what am I driving this week? Um, I'm, <laughs> I am driving a Tundra. But not a special movie tie-in Tundra. It's a special Tundra of a different kind. It's a, a TRD Pro, um, which is their off-road edition. Their their funky, hardcore, let's do let's do jumps together version of the truck. Excellent. And you are somebody who's frequently uh, tackling jumps, or at least navigating through a, a jump land, a jump-filled landscape in, in that's, your that's regular all hearsay, commute. Hearsay and and. And no comment on jumping any TRD Toyota products. Okay, so why don't you talk to me a little bit about this? It is interesting to hear because uh, last I talked to you, you were talking about the Ford Raptor and how disappointed you were in this, uh, how unlivable it was. So I want to hear what you think about the Tundra, which as far as I understand, the Tundra's a, a very big, rugged truck in comparison to the F-150, right? I mean, yeah, it is, but it's it's not super wide like the the, the tundra uh, sorry like like the raptor was what the tundra trd pro is is it's a, it's a it's a full-size pickup from toyota it's got some more ride height it's got stiffer suspension better shocks it has a really cool kind of battleship gray paint job that i happen to like very much it's got aggressive grill and all that it, it looks badass but you don't lose any of the craziness i'm sorry you don't you don't have to deal with any of the craziness of having a super wide super tall uh insano 450 horsepower edition of the truck it's it's got off-road gear it has the stock drivetrain so i guess that's 387 horsepower i'm not sure it's the 5.7 liter v8 and it, other than any of that it's, it's a pretty normal toyota in fact it's a little bit too normal when you get inside the truck this version does not have automatic lights it doesn't have automatic climate control. It has great big dials, which is fine. It's very truck-like, but it's it's basic inside. It has like a, a heated seats, but like the button, I didn't even know this until my, my, my partner, she found the heated seat button by like sliding her hand under the dash and like, what is this? Because it, it's just like hidden. You can't see it from the driver's seat. <laughs> anyway... It's it's a very simple and basic truck on the inside, but uh, I like it because can, it's, can it's, we it's, can, I, can I interrupt you for a second? Just always. just one quick second. I love it when you do that. I'm sorry. I, you need to hold on to that thought, but I need to. We need to talk about the genius who developed that um, that heated that heated seats button. Who put it underneath uh, like a panel in the dash and was like, guys, guys, you're gonna love this. You know, when people are caressing our cars and, and sliding their hands all over the dashboard, we're going to incite this feeling of, of whimsy by putting in this wonderful heated seat, this heated seats button right here. And they're like, yeah, good call. Let's put that in there. <laughs> what, like, what happened there? How did that happen? I think it's like, uh oh, we need like to that? add heated seats. Did anyone think about that? No. Is there anywhere in a truck to put the button? Yes, trucks are huge. Just put it anywhere. Put it in the <laughs> cheapest possible place. <laughs> the cheapest possible. Yes. And what? what yeah, that would be the cheapest possible. Can we? Can you slide into any of the panel gaps? We're Toyota. We have none. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, the truck. It's an honest truck. It's, uh, I, you know, I live in the city. It's easy to drive in the city because it's not eight feet wide, you know, or seven feet wide as the, the Raptor is. And it's not seven inches wider than the regular Tundra. It's just like a Tundra. It, it's like what we talked about earlier when we were, we were guest hosting on Chad Kirchner's future motoring podcast earlier this week. And we talked about uh, how 
the, the if you want to build a successful special edition off-road truck, why not do what Dodge did with the Ram Power Wagon, which is kind of like a HD truck plus. It doesn't subtract anything for the practicality or utility of the truck, really. It just adds to it. And this is the same with the TRD Pro. It adds to your capability. Uh, I drove this truck a couple of months ago in the desert in, in Nevada. And it was it was great. I mean, it has an aftermarket exhaust on as well. Aftermarket, TRD exhaust. It sounds nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's comfortable. It's huge inside. Uh, I think that the Tundra is one or two steps behind every other truck on the market. Even, but, the, even the Titan? Mm, probably neck and neck. It's just because wow. they haven't put any money into it really in, in a very long time. Right. And that's not really its fault. It, when it came out, it was a competitive truck, and they kind of let it die on the vine. But, yeah, so that's that's kind of my thoughts on the TRD Pro. I mean, I, I don't dislike the truck. I think that if you're looking for an off-road vehicle, you could do worse. All right. That's uh, that's actually pretty good. That's pretty high praise, I think. Uh, off-road vehicles are very niche, and if you can find one that does your regular commuting duty in addition to whatever off-road stunts you want to pull – and I mean stunts in a very a very meaningless way, a very mainstream way. Just going <laughs> off road and, and running over a curb or something like that is one is a stunt to me. Um, that then that that works really well, and it's probably why the the likes of the Jeep Wrangler has has gone very well. This is a car that you can, actually can live with, despite the amount of body roll that it has, the the the, the waste of fuel, um, and the amount of wind noise that this car generates. As an off-road vehicle, it, it delivers, and as an everyday car, it, there's there's very little that you can't live with. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. The Wrangler's a great example because if you're going off-road, you want something that's that's versatile. And a, a full-size pickup truck, especially a four-door pickup truck like the, the TRD Pro, it's not going to be able to drive on all the trails that you want to drive on. Same with the Raptor. These are very big vehicles. You can't go around tight corners. You right. can't squeeze through narrow passes. That's where the Wrangler really shows its capability. Is It's a short wheelbase. It's narrow. It gets you where you need to go. And um, that, that form factor is really important. I mean, you think back to the early days of off-roading, and you have vehicles like the original Jeep or even the original Ford Bronco, which was very, very small. Uh, but, but more to my second point, there are things about the Jeep that you have to be okay with if you're going to drive it every day, right. like the fact that you have a solid front axle and absolutely no steering feel through the wheel. <laughs> like right, right. It is, it's like, it's like a, a rolling history lesson in terms of design. And a lot of that's because, you know, simple things are, they don't break as, as nearly as often as more complex things. And that's, it's done it well on the trail because of its simple design. That's going to disappear in the future. We're going to see, I think, um, the pressures of modern safety and modern fuel efficiency are going to make the Wrangler a little bit more unibody friendly, or if it's body on frame, we're going to see a more modern suspension underneath it. Uh, it makes, you know, talking about the Wrangler though, and it's, it's off-road credit, uh, makes me miss the FJ, the Toyota FJ Cruiser and the Nissan, um, Xterra. Xterra. Both of which fantastic, uh, little cars that I absolutely adored. The Xterra is not exactly like refined in any way, but I do, I do enjoy it quite a bit. And and the Xterra right now is dirt cheap. If you want to buy it on the used market, and and have like a very you know reliable off road rig, you can pick one up for next to nothing. I would love to do that. Um, I actually I'm, I'm not testing anything this week. I got um, I got some I got to spend some time in uh, some of the Auto Guide testers instead, which was the Honda CRV, and I had some time in a Ford F one fifty, which was a Sport FX four pa- package, I believe. Um, which is both pretty pretty fantastic little cars. Next week I'll be trying my hand in a Mercedes CLA 250, which 
should be interesting. They've recently updated it or uh, refreshed it, and uh, hopefully it presents itself as a better bargain as the, than the last time I drove it because I wasn't always impressed with it. It seems just like the cheapest way to get your way your hands on a Mercedes badge. What are you up to next week? Next week, I am continuing my <laughs> overall scheme to drive every off-road special on the planet. I'm going to be driving the Chevrolet Colorado ZR2 Ooh. in Grand Junction, Colorado. We're going to be doing some high-speed off-road stuff and some rock-calling stuff, and I'm pretty excited because this is a truck that I think is, again, another good example of the right way to do an off-road special. I'm cautiously optimistic that Chevrolet has preserved much of what makes the Colorado a competitive mid-sized truck, and they're just going to be – it's not going to be you know subtraction. It's going to be addition, and I'm, I'm looking forward to driving it. So they actually – this is an important thing. They did Colorados in Colorado. Yes. Wonderful. That or an and A I've, plus right there for me. And in the past, I have had the chance to drive Yukons in the Yukon uh-huh. and Den- uh, Denali's. Oh, I haven't done Denali's in Denali, but I have done uh, Tahoe's in Tahoe. Okay. So GM's very good at this. Uh, <laughs> it kind of makes you wish they brought bring back the Monte Carlo. <laughs> no Malibus in Malibu yet, huh? No, not yet. But a, a man can dream. Um, can you? Can I ask you a few quick questions about the ZR2? Shoot, let's go. Lightning round. Okay. Um, fancy suspension. It has that. DSSV, yes. <laughs> what does DSSV stand for? What does DSSV stand for? Let me look that up because I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but I can tell you it's that I can tell you how it works. Um, can you can you the, dumb it down for me? It was designed by Multimatic. Well, that's good enough for me. So that's the company that builds the Ford GT, but they also do a whole bunch of race stuff, and DSSV suspension was available previously from GM on the Camaro Z28. Um, wonderful. Can, can I ask you, the ZR nameplate, it has history, doesn't it? Yeah, they've used it in the past uh, on the smaller trucks for off-roading. And the Corvette is known as the ZR1, right? That's right. What is with the ZR2 being a truck thing? Well, it's like a it's like a Corvette plus one, which is like which is a truck. Yes. <laughs> yes, naturally. It's basic math, Sammy. <laughs> yes, I, my mistake. I so back out. to DSSV. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, the difference between a DSSV shock and a regular shock is they use spool valves. Um, there's a there's a spool valve chamber with customizable ports, and you can control fluid flow instead of relying on shims inside a regular twin tube or monotube shock. Which I'm always um, relying on. Yeah, so the shims, it, they're just not as precise. So when you change the shape and the location of the ports in a shock, if you actually have um, these spool valves, you can you can minimize variations in performance. Y- 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 things aren't turbulent uh, inside the shock when you're at extremes, like whether it's fully compressed or fully retracted. And it, you also avoid temperature and, and temperature tur- turbulence resulting from high temperatures because you know these shocks they were developed for formula one where and if you look at formula one if you look at where the shocks are on a car they're like right beside the exhaust <laughs> like that that engine package at the back of the car is super compact it's it's you can't have an exhaust uh, you can't have a suspension design that when it heats up to a crazy temperature because of position near near an exhaust system because of how quickly it's forced to respond to you know changing conditions on the track that it's going to get unreliable so they basically multimatic looked at this and they're like you know what what's crazier than 
being in a Formula One car. How about jumping a truck over rocks and, you know, in the desert and all this crazy stuff? That's going to create some turbulence inside the shock. That's going to heat things up. So they decided to apply the the spool valves to the off-road question. And what they say they've accomplished, can you tell that I went to a briefing with Multimatic yeah, about I think I two, can. two or three months ago? Actually, it was longer than that. And anyway, their goal was a shock that on the street, you can't tell it's an off-road shock. Because remember when I was complaining about the Raptor? When am I not complaining about the Raptor? Always. But a, a big part of that was the suspension on the street. It's really not that great because it's it's designed to handle crazy extension. It's designed to work really well when you extend the truck and then compress it really quickly and, and not blow out the shock. So when you when you tune for that, you have to make compromises elsewhere. So Multimatic's saying with DSSV, with the spool valves, you don't have to compromise. They're able to control both on the road and off. So we'll see what happens. Um, the ZR2 nameplate was also used in a couple of cars since 1994. The S10, the Blazer, the Tracker. And I think in Canada you could get it as a Jimmy. <laughs> so those are all those are all small trucks. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting to see it coming back. Uh, there was about twelve years since the ZR2 nameplate was last seen, uh, which was when it was on the Blazer and on the Jimmy. So here we come. And, and it was always an off-road specific vehicle. It was kind of cool to see these um, S10s with huge wheels on them. Um, and it's this new car. It doesn't have that same. I guess it does. 17 inch. It's got pretty big, pretty big tires. Yeah, huge tires actually. You're right. And you, you know, the go on. You can get this with both engines. I think you can, but I think the V6 is standard. I think you have to pay more for the diesel. Very cool. I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about this. It, there, there's two things that is interesting about it: having a new special edition um, Colorado, which is a fantastic truck and now adding the versatility, widening the range of the, the capabilities of that vehicle is I think really cool. And, and you know, it's nice because, um, you get differentiation from the Canyon mm -hmm. because the GMC has a Denali. There's a special luxury edition of that, which right? is a gorgeous car. And now truck. you have this, this, this off-road version of the Colorado, which is something totally different. So you have a way of, you know, you're differentiating the cars and you're appealing to different trucks, sorry, you're, and you're appealing to different customers. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear and more about it. There's, there's one last thing I wanted to say about DSSV uh, while, I'm, while I'm serving as a shill for this technology. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked Multimatic, and it was cool because they actually brought engineers who developed the system. So I, I asked them, hey, you know, Mag, MagRide is really good. The magnetic ride control system that GM has that they license to everybody. I mean, Ferrari uses this system. Right. I'm like, why not just throw MagRide on this truck? Why develop this whole new exotic suspension system that I'm sure is not cheap? And they said that uh, the design of the magnetic ride control was never intended to be taken off-road. And that the heat and abuse that you get from off-road driving, it just can't handle it. So from a reliability perspective and a, a repeatable performance perspective, it wasn't an option for them. So this should be better than that. Cool. Well, it's 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 designed specifically to be. So we'll see. Wonderful. Um, I I think that's it for us today. What do you think? I think uh, I think I'm pretty excited to um, hopefully reschedule Aquaman for next week. <laughs> yes. And uh, I can't wait to get him on the on the horn. Aquaman, if you're listening down in your palace of uh, sunken Atlantis, give us a call.
and in case you, like Aquaman, don't know how to get a hold of us, you can uh, find us online at the unna- at unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. That'll take you to our SoundCloud site. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash unnamedautomotivepodcast. And uh, Ben and I are both uh, reachable online through Twitter. Uh, I'm found at Sammy underscore ha, while Ben could be found at Hunting Benjamin. Where else can and people if, find us? Well, if you're into the Apple stuff, you can get us on iTunes. Just search Unnamed Automotive Podcast. And, excuse me, if you're on Android or you just want to go to Google because you want to see what the other side is like, just for just want to feel what that difference is, um, you can also search Unnamed Automotive <clears throat> Podcast on Google Play Music and find us there. Perfect. Well, it and was... Pl- please do. And please do. Yes, please. Uh, and if you get a chance, re- uh, review us, give us some feedback, send us a message, let us know what you think of our podcast. We absolutely love it. Uh, recently this week, we were on the Futuring, Future Motoring Podcast, as Ben mentioned earlier, uh, with Chad Kirchner. I suggest you guys um, get in touch with that. You can find them at uh, Future Motoring if you search for that on iTunes as well. So you can listen to us goof off there. Just as much as we did here. Or you can just listen to Chad doing his thing, which is also cool and worth listening to on a regular basis. So subscribe to Chad. Absolutely. And from me and Ben, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody.